The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. Some of you might have today off. If you do, maybe you could do a little extra praying. Here's a good place to start. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Friday, November 25th, 2022. Friday of the 34th week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's Liturgical Year C, Cycle 2. Friday is a day to pray the sorrowful mysteries of the Rosary. And today is the optional memorial of St. Catherine of Alexandria. According to the legend of St. Catherine, she converted to Christianity after receiving a vision. At the age of 18, she debated 50 pagan philosophers. They were amazed at her wisdom and debating skills and became Christians, along with 200 soldiers and members of the emperor's family. All of them were martyred. Catherine was sentenced to be executed on a spiked wheel. She touched the wheel and it shattered. So she was beheaded. Centuries later, angels are said to have carried the body of St. Catherine to a monastery at the foot of Mount Sinai. Devotion to her spread as the result of the Crusades. She was invoked as the patroness of students, teachers, librarians, and lawyers. She is one of the 14 holy helpers. St. Catherine died around 310 A.D. St. Catherine of Alexandria, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. Dear Lord, I do not know what will happen to me today. I only know that nothing will happen that was not foreseen by you and directed to my greater good from all eternity. I adore your holy and unfathomable plans and submit to them with all my heart for love of you, the Pope, and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Amen. And we join Pope Francis in praying for children who are suffering, especially those who are homeless, orphans, and victims of war. May they be guaranteed access to education and the opportunity to experience family affection. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. On a number of occasions in the Gospel, Jesus speaks about the fig tree. Today, the short parable of the fig tree advocates constant prayer and readiness. He says, when their buds burst open, you see for yourselves and know that summer is now near. In the same way, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. So today, the Lord makes a parallel between the fig tree in the springtime and the kingdom of God. It will be his definitive kingdom a definitive place where he will reign as king. And uh, that's what we really want to be ready for. So as as his disciples, we must be alert at all times, always ready for his coming, lest 
we grow rather lazy or even passive in the pursuit of uh, holiness. Because everything we do here below is part of that getting ready, that training, that alertness for the Lord's uh, coming. We know that one day we'll have to give an account of how we used our talents, our knowledge, or the bonds that we forged with others, and all those other things that we have received in our life. Lord, at my death, I will stand before you in the particular judgment, and I will have to give an account. Occasionally, I've been asked to give a, a bio text for some talk that I have to give or a retreat that I have to preach. So I have to put together this short paragraph and uh, it's interesting that there you see in the short paragraph your your whole life summarized. <laughs> but in front of our Lord, we will give a little bit more than a short bio. We won't have to say where we studied or what degrees we got, but this idea that we will have to give an account must not make me afraid because I know that God will not ask me more than what I can handle. And this idea must put a sense of urgency to the way we use our time or the way we work and how we deal with the trials that the Lord sends us. You know, perhaps if we are, if we get sick or have professional setbacks, we might be tempted to complain or to get sad or even angry or, or rebellious. And we might forget that that these things, these situations, that, that we have to see them through the right prism. The real prism that we must use is the prism of the love of God. Because it is inevitable that we suffer tribulations in our life. It's inevitable. But they have to be an occasion or an opportunity to transform them into an occasion to love the Lord more. They need to purify me to, to purify myself from my own attachments. You know, when I passed through Spain in 1990, I met a priest there who had a terrible car accident a few months before. His name was Luis de Moya. It seems he fell asleep at the wheel and the car went into a ravine. And the accident broke his neck and he was left a quadriplegic. So he couldn't move anything below his neck. So they built a special wheelchair for him so that he could manage to drive himself around with the help of an arm, like a special mechanical arm, that he controlled with his chin. And that was pretty much the only thing he could move, his chin. And I would occasionally help him eat breakfast by reaching his juice to him that he would take through a straw. But, you know, I think we were all quite taken aback by the dramatic nature of his situation. But I was quite impressed by his serenity, his complete acceptance of this absolute dependence that he suffered. He seemed to sanctify this quite joyfully. And I remember he was interviewed once for a TV program and was asked, are you happy? Are you happy? And he responded quite naturally that God had sent him this as a gift to help him prepare for the kingdom. And he saw it as a special vocation. And who was he to judge God's gifts? In fact, he said that he was quite happy with that. And he was profusely thankful to all his caregivers who were just doing such an amazing job. 
And then a few years later, I remember a movie came out in Spain, a kind of a documentary about another guy who had also become a quadriplegic, but he was angrily demanding euthanasia. I think Don Luis tried to intervene, but the other would have nothing of it. And we know that the euthanasia movement just can't see any meaning in suffering. And it just wants to control life according to its own terms. And if suffering is there and there's no way to remove it, then we have to decide to, you know, die. That's the euthanasia movement today. Now, maybe we don't have that same dramatic situation, but we can ask, what has God sent me as a gift to prepare myself for the kingdom? What has he sent me? The Lord clearly wants us to live our life with an attitude of preparation, a disposition in which we clearly understand that one day we will have to give an account of how we dealt with all the challenges of our life. Maybe I can offer the Lord my suffering to console the Lord, to please God, our Lord, in a spirit of reparation, united to Him on the cross. In a word, to suffer out of love. I mean, isn't that a beautiful phrase, to suffer out of love? It's a suffering that has purpose. It readies me for the kingdom. It's not useless. And how I want to be in your kingdom, Lord Jesus. I want to be there. And how sad it would be if any suffering that would ha- I would have to endure was somehow useless or not taken advantage of for my preparation. You know, St. Josemaria said in the way, what Does it matter to suffer for 10 years, 20 years, 50, if afterwards there's heaven forever, forever, forever? Indeed, our Lord said today in today's gospel, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. And he spoke about this need for alertness just before the passion narrative, in which he clearly knew that he would suffer grievously, but he suffered out of love. And that suffering out of love was so powerful that it became redemptive. And so the notion that pain or suffering can actually have meaning or even be redemptive, all that is unfortunately quite rejected by many today. For some, it seems unconscionable that pain could actually bring about a good or could be a preparation for the kingdom. But the Lord said that, When the fig tree is budding, you know that the summer is near. And in the same way, he said, when you see, quote, these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. It's kind of hard to know exactly what these things were or what he was referring to. Well, in part, it was he was referring to the destruction of the temple after the siege of Jerusalem. But maybe we can ask our Blessed Mother, what are the things in my life that I need to look at through a better prism, an improved prism? These things could be your marriage, your sickness, your demanding work, or a difficult relationship. Well, I invite you now, and I invite myself, to think about, quote, these things eh, that our Lord refers to, and see how they really apply to my life. And when I embrace these things as a divine gift, even as a vocation, I can see them as a call from God that will help prepare me for his wonderful kingdom.
and how I want to be in your kingdom where you live and you reign forever and ever. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. You'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. It's 15 minutes past the hour, and this is Daybreak. It's Friday of the 34th week in Ordinary Time, November 25th, 2022. I'm Paul Sadek, and this is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We begin this day of prayer joining with the whole church as we're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips, and and my my mouth will proclaim your praise. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Come, let us sing to the Lord, and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving and sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us praise the Lord in whom is all our delight. The Lord is God, the mighty God, the great King over all the gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea, it belongs to him, the dry land too, for it was formed by his hands. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Come then, let us bow down and worship, Bending the knee before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God and we are His people. The flock He shepherds. Come let us praise the Lord. In whom is all our delight. Today listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn as your fathers did in the wilderness. When at Meribah and Massah they challenged me and provoked me, although they had seen all of my works. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Forty years I endured that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. Come, let us praise the Lord. 
in whom is all our delight. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Lord, in your anger, do not punish me. Lord, in your anger, do not punish me. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger. Do not punish me, Lord, in your rage. Your arrows have sunk deep in me. Your hand has come down upon me. Through your anger, all my body is sick. Through my sin, there is no health in my limbs. My guilt towers higher than my head. It is a weight too heavy to bear. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, Lord, in in your anger, do do not punish me. Lord, you know all my longings. Lord, you know all my longings. My wounds are foul and festering, the result of my own folly. I am bowed and brought to my knees. I go mourning all the day long. All my frame burns with fever. All my body is sick, spent, and utterly crushed. I cry aloud in anguish of heart. O Lord, you know all my longing. My groans are not hidden from you. My heart throbs. My strength is spent. The very light has gone from my eyes. My friends avoid me like a leper. Those closest to me stand afar off. Those who plot against my life lay snares. Those who seek my ruin speak of harm, planning treachery all the day long. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, you know all my longings. I confess my guilt to you, Lord. Do not abandon me, for you are my Savior. I confess confess my guilt to you, Lord. Do not abandon me, for you you are my Savior. But I am like the deaf who cannot hear, like the dumb unable to speak. I am like a man who hears nothing, in whose mouth is no defense. I count on you, O Lord. It is you, Lord God, who will answer. I pray, do not let them mock me, those who triumph, if my foot should slip. For I am on the point of falling, and my pain is always before me. I confess that I am guilty, and my sin fills me with dismay. My wanton enemies are numberless, and my lying foes are many. They repay me evil for good, and attack me for seeking what is right. 
O Lord, do not forsake me. My God, do not stay afar off. Make haste and come to my help. O Lord, my God, my Savior. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was was in in the the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Do not abandon us, Lord our God. You did not forget the broken body of your Christ, nor the mockery his love received. We, your children, are weighed down with sin. Give us the fullness of your mercy. I confess confess my my guilt to you, Lord. Do not abandon me, for for you you are my Savior. My eyes keep watch for your saving help, awaiting the word that will justify me. From the second letter of the Apostle Peter. I am writing the second letter, dear friends, intending them both as reminders urging you to sincerity of outlook. Recall the teaching delivered long ago by the holy prophets, as well as the new command of the Lord and Savior preached to you by the apostles. Note this, first of all. In the last days, mocking, sneering men who are ruled by their passions will arrive on the scene. They will ask, Where is that promised coming of his? Our forefathers have been laid to rest, but everything stays just as it was when the world was created. In believing this, they do not take into account that of the old there were heavens and an earth drawn out of the waters and standing between the waters, all brought into being by the word of God. By the water that world was then destroyed. It was overwhelmed by the deluge. The present heavens and earth are reserved by God's word for fire. They are kept for the day of judgment, the day when godless men will be destroyed. This point must not be overlooked, dear friends. In the Lord's eyes, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years are as a day. The Lord does not delay in keeping his promise though some consider it delay. Rather, he shows you generous patience, since he wants none to perish, but all to come to repentance. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, and on that day the heavens will vanish with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and earth and all its deeds will be made manifest. Since everything is to be destroyed in this way, what sort of men must you not be? How holy in your conduct and devotion, looking for the coming of the day of God and trying to hasten it. Because of it, the heavens will be destroyed in flames and the elements will melt away in a blaze. What we await are new heavens and a new earth where, according to his promise, the justice of God will reside. So, beloved, while waiting for this, make every effort to be found without stain or defilement and at peace in His sight. Consider that our Lord's patient is directed toward salvation. Paul, our beloved brother, wrote you this in the spirit of wisdom that is his, dealing with these matters as he does in all his letters. There are certain passages in them hard to understand. 
the ignorant and the unstable distort them, just as they do the rest of Scripture, to their own ruin. You are forewarned, beloved brothers. Be on your guard, lest you be led astray by the error of the wicked and forfeit the security you enjoy. Grow, rather, in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory be to him now and to the day of eternity. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I will create new heavens and a new earth, and you will rejoice forever in my creation. See, See, I will will make make all things things new. I will create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people a delight. See, See, I will will make make all things new. A reading from a sermon on man's mortality by St. Cyprian, Bishop. Our obligation is to do God's will and not our own. We must remember this if the prayer that our Lord commanded us to say daily is to have any meaning on our lips. How unreasonable it is to pray that God's will be done and then not promptly obey it when He calls us from this world. Instead, we struggle and resist like self-willed slaves and are brought into the Lord's presence with sorrow and lamentation, not freely consenting to our departure, but constrained by necessity. And yet we expect to be rewarded with heavenly honors by Him, to whom we come against our will. Why then do we pray for the kingdom of heaven to come, if this earthly bondage pleases us? What is the point of praying so often for its early arrival, if we would rather serve the devil here than reign with Christ? The world hates Christians. So why give your love to it instead of following Christ, who loves you and has redeemed you? John is most urgent in his epistle when he tells us not to love the world by yielding to sensual desires. Never give your love to the world, he warns, or to anything in it. A man cannot love the Father and love the world at the same time. All that the world offers is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and earthly ambition. The world and all its allurements will pass away, but the man who has done the will of God shall live forever. Our part, my dear brothers, is to be single-minded, firm in the faith, and steadfast in courage, ready for God's will, whatever it may be. Banish the fear of death and think of the eternal life that follows it. That will show people that we really live our faith. We ought never to forget, beloved, that we have renounced the world. We are living here now as aliens and only for a time. When the day of our homecoming puts an end to our exile, frees us from the bonds of the world, and restores us to paradise and to a kingdom, we should welcome it. What man stationed in a foreign land would not want to return to his own country as soon as possible? Well, We who look upon paradise as our country, and a great crowd of our loved ones awaits us there, a countless throng of parents, brothers, and children longs for us to join them. Assured though they are of their own salvation, they are still concerned about ours. What joy both for them and for us to see one another and embrace! Oh, the delight of that heavenly kingdom, where there is no fear of death! Oh, the supreme and endless bliss of everlasting life! 
There is the glorious band of apostles. There, the exultant assembly of prophets. There, the innumerable host of martyrs, crowned for their glorious victory in combat and in death. There, in triumph, are the virgins who subdued their passions by the strength of continence. There, the merciful are rewarded. Those who fulfill the demands of justice by providing for the poor. In obedience to the Lord's command, they turn their earthly patrimony into heavenly treasure. My dear brothers, let all our longing be to join them as soon as we may. May God see our desire. May Christ see this resolve that springs from faith. For he will give the rewards of his love more abundantly to those who have longed for him more fervently. We are citizens of heaven. From there, we eagerly await the coming of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will, he will renew, renew our lowly bodies and, and make them like his glorified body. When Christ your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. He will, he will renew our lowly bodies and make them like his glorified body. Let us pray. Stir up the will of your faithful, we pray, O Lord, that striving more eagerly to bring your divine work to fruitful completion, they may receive in greater measure the healing remedies your kindness bestows. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Twenty-four minutes before the hour, today's gospel is coming right up along with In Conversation with God and Morning Prayer on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Friday, November 25th, 2022. I'm Paul Sadek, and in today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Lord tells us to take note of the signs of the times from the 21st chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also... When you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away till all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. If you want to deepen your spiritual life, one way to do it is to make a regular practice of meditating on the Lord's Passion. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 5, Ordinary Time. How sweet are thy words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Monsignor Ronald Knox encouraged people to meditate on the Lord's passion with this analogy from parish life. When you have a lot of people singing without any organ accompaniment, 
there is a constant tendency for the note to drop all the time. It gets lower and lower as it goes on. And therefore, when the choir isn't accustomed to singing without accompaniment, every now and then the choir master, who has a pitch pipe concealed on his person, gives a little toot in the background to remind them of the higher note which they ought to be taking and aren't. And you see, we are rather like that. We go on living from day to day without thinking much about how we are living or what we are here for or whether the things that chiefly interest us are really worth living for. And we get accustomed to our sins and feel vaguely that it is a pity we go on committing them, but after all that it doesn't seem to be much chance of our stopping. And our prayers get very languid and washed out, and we think of very little except our food and our amusements. Do you see what I mean? All the time the note on which our lives are lived is dropping, dropping till it's ready to die away into our boots, and we don't notice, just as the choir doesn't notice when the note drops. So we want that sudden little toot of the pitch pipe to pull us together and screw the note of our lives up again. And the pitch pipe we use is meditation on our Lord's passion. Let us never turn the pages of the Holy Gospel as if it were just any old book. With what love did our forefathers in the faith care for the Word of God? They went to great lengths to pass it on from generation to generation in all of its integrity. St. Cyprian has written that the reading of Scripture is like the foundation for the building up of our hope. It is the means to consolidate our faith, the food for our charity, and our unerring guide on the way of life. St. Augustine compares the teachings of Scripture to lights shining forth out of the darkness. We can find no better beacon for our journey to the Father. When you open the Holy Gospel, think that what is written there, the words and deeds of Christ, is something that you should not only know, but live. Everything, every point that is told there, has been gathered detail by detail for you to make it come alive in the individual circumstances of your life. God has called us Catholics to follow him closely. In that holy writing you will find the life of Jesus, but you should also find your own life there. You too, like the Apostle, will learn to ask, full of love, Lord, what would you have me do? And in your soul you will hear the conclusive answer, the will of God. Take up the gospel every day then, and read it, and live it as a definite rule. This is what the saints have done. This is how we can draw abundant fruit from sacred scripture. We will unite our prayer with the words of the psalmist, Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. 17 before the hour, let's keep on praying. We join the whole church. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia.
Contrite heart, O God, you will not spurn. A humble, contrite heart, O God, you will not spurn. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. O wash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses, truly, I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight, I have done. That you may be justified when you give sentence and be without reproach when you judge. O see, in guilt I was born. A sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart. Then in the secret of my heart, teach me wisdom. O purify me, then I shall be clean. O wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness, that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O God. Put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Give me again the joy of your help. With a spirit of fervor sustain me, that I may teach transgressors your ways, and sinners may return to you. O oh, rescue me, God, my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O oh, Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight. Burnt offering from me you would refuse. My sacrifice, a contrite spirit, a humbled contrite heart, you will not spurn. In your goodness show favor to Zion, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, holocaust offered on your altar. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it, it was in, in the beginning, beginning is now, now and, and will, will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. 
Let us pray. Father, he who knew no sin was made sin for us, to save us and restore us to your friendship. Look upon our contrite heart and afflicted spirit and heal our troubled conscience so that in joy and strength of the Holy Spirit we may proclaim your praise and glory before all the nations. A A humble, contrite heart, O God, you you will will not spurn. Even in your anger, Lord, you will remember compassion. Even in your anger, Lord, you will remember compassion. O Lord, I have heard your renown and feared, O Lord, your work. In the course of the years, revive it. In the course of the years, make it known. In your wrath, remember compassion. God comes from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. Covered are the heavens with his glory, and with his praise the earth is filled. His splendor spreads like the light. Rays shine forth from beside him, where his power is concealed. You come forth to save your people, to save your anointed one. You tread the sea with your steeds amid the churning of the deep waters. I hear, and my body trembles. At the sound, my lips quiver. Decay invades my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. I await the day of distress that will come upon the people who attack us. For though the fig tree blossom not, nor fruit be on the vines, though the yield of the olive fail and the terraces produce no nourishment, though the flocks disappear from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet... Will I rejoice in the Lord and exalt in my saving God? God, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet swift as those of hinds and enables me to go upon the heights. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as as it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Even in your anger, Lord, you will remember compassion. O praise the Lord, Jerusalem. O praise the Lord, Jerusalem. O praise the Lord, Jerusalem. Zion, praise your God. He has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed the children within you. He established peace on your borders. He feeds you with the finest wheat. He sends out his word to the earth and swiftly runs his command. He showers down snow, white as wool. He scatters hoarfrost by gashes. He hurls down hailstones like crumbs. The waters are frozen at his touch. He sends forth his word and it melts them. At the breath of his mouth the waters flow. He makes his word known to Jacob, to Israel his laws and decrees. He has not dealt thus with other nations. He has not taught them his decrees. 
Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, you established peace within the borders of Jerusalem. Give the fullness of peace now to your faithful people. May peace rule us in this life and possess us in eternal life. You are about to fill us with the best of wheat. Grant that what we see dimly now as in a mirror, we may come to perceive clearly in the brightness of your truth. O oh, oh, praise, praise the Lord, Lord Jerusalem. Jerusalem! A reading from the letter to the Ephesians. Now in Christ Jesus you who once were far off have been brought near through the blood of Christ. It is he who is our peace and who made the two of us one by breaking down the barrier of hostility that kept us apart. In his own flesh he abolished the law with its commands and precepts to create in himself one new man from us who had been two and to make peace, reconciling both of us to God in one body through his cross which put that enmity to death. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to, be to God. God. The Lord the Most High has done good things for me. In need I shall cry out to him. The Lord the, the Most High has, has done good things for me. In need I shall cry out to him. May he send his strength to rescue me. In need I shall cry out to him. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. The Lord the Most High has done good things for me. In need I shall cry out to him. Through the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. Through the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Let us pray. 
let us adore Christ who offered himself to the Father through the Holy Spirit to cleanse us from the works of death. Let us adore him and call upon him with sincere hearts. In your will is our peace, Lord. In your will is our peace, Lord. From your generosity we have received the beginning of this day. Grant us also the beginning of new life. In In your your will is is our peace, Lord. You created all things, and now you provide for their growth. May we always perceive your handiwork in creation. In In your will is our peace, Lord. With your own blood, you ratified the new and eternal covenant. May we remain faithful to that covenant by following your precepts. In In your your will is is our peace, Lord. On the cross, blood and water flowed from your side. May this saving stream wash away our sins and gladden the city of God. In your will is our peace, Lord. Let us make our prayers and praise complete by offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All-powerful Father, as now we bring you our songs of praise, so may we sing your goodness in the company of your saints forever. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Advent begins this Sunday. Get ready for it. Morning air is coming up next. Patrick Madrid a bit later on. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the Relevant Radio app. You go out and make this a great day and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.